So last week, first of all, last week I got some encouragement from people who actually went to the various uh, websites and tried the different things that I had mentioned, but then I guess I gave them too quickly, and so um, I've been asked to repeat them. And so this was part of your Bible intake, and uh, like I said, I'm an old-fashioned guy with a Bible, but there's sometimes that you um, need uh, extra resources. And um, if you went back just one generation, um, you would have to spend thousands of dollars to build a library that is available to you now free with a click of a mouse. I mean, that ought to scramble your mind. Absolutely free. And to whom much is given, much is required. There really is no American um, who can sit here and say, I didn't know. I couldn't learn. I couldn't find out. No, you can. The fact of the matter is you can. The, the question is, will you? And so these, here are just some helps. Uh, I mean, there's many programs that you can purchase, like Logos, that is um, amazing. But it's very, very expensive. And, uh, but, but these are totally free. And so I'll try to give them a little bit slower. Blueletterbible.org. Blue it's exactly the way it's spelled, all little letters, you know, when you're putting it in your thing. So Blue Letter Bible. B-L-U-E-L-E-T-T-E-R-B-I-B-L-E dot org. Completely free. Study dot org. Study light. S-T-U-D-Y-L-I-G-H-T dot org. My favorite, and actually the person who um, spoke to me and just was delighted with it, unbelievable. And the search engine on this, I can't think of anything that you can think of that you would want to know about the scriptures that you wouldn't have so many resources at your fingertips, you could not exhaust them all. Matter of fact, your temptation would be to do nothing because you're thinking, wow, I just typed in this one thing and I got 10,000, where, where, where do I start? Okay, so it's, it's that many and it's free. Okay, and this is um, a, a, a really reputable organization, and most of what they do would be inductive and expository in nature, but because of the great expanse of it, you, you always, the Bible is the only infallible word of the living God. So always keep that in mind, even when you're going to great sermons or, or great commentary. So percussion, or excuse me, preceptaustin.org. My favorite one, preceptaustin.org, P-R-E-C-E-P-T-A-U-S-T-I-N.org, P-R-E-C-E-P-T-A-U-S-T-I-N.org, BibleGateway.com, B-I-B-L-E-G-A-T-E-W-A-Y.com. Grace to you, gyt.org. Gyt.org. Just type in grace to you and it'll tell you exactly what it is. But that would be, uh, yes, I'm sorry, gty. <laughs> um, John MacArthur's um, written a commentary and has preached through the entire Bible in his 50 years. 
the entire New Testament, excuse me. And um, every sermon that he's ever preached, he's, he's been now, I believe, at, at Grace for 50, I'm going to say 52 years. He might have just had his 53rd birthday. So, I mean, I don't know how many messages you preach in 53 years, but every one of those messages are available to you for free. And you can search it by topic. You can search it by scripture. And um, it's exhaustive. And, and, of course, they have all kinds of other things there. And the same with um, Desiring God, D-E-S-I-R-I-N-G-G-O-D dot org, Desiring God. So I give those to you that I did last week and hope they will be an encouragement to you. So let's begin to look at this with the time that we have left today. My purpose is today will be to re-engage and encourage us in prayer, then we'll look more at some of the practical aspects of it uh, next week. But the discipline of prayer for the purpose of godliness, uh, some of this material is from the book that I showed you and recommended to you by Don, Don Whitney, Spiritual Disciplines by Don Whitney. There is probably a 350-page um, book that's excellent, and then he has a much smaller study guide that is much more exhaustive than what I will do on any of this. I don't have just his material. I have some of, a lot of other material in here, but I, I did use that as a source, and I think it's excellent. would encourage you to it. I go back and refer to it uh, over and over again. And honestly, when I'm discipling a young man or a couple, I almost always drag that, that book out sooner or later, encourage them to buy it, work through a chapter or two uh, with them. It's hard to be beat. So the prayer discipline. Uh, I love the song, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. The essential discipline, this essential discipline, in my experience, is also the most difficult to maintain. Do we see prayer as essential? And I put there with a smiley face, Hint, it's a command. Um, just, just honestly, of all of the spiritual disciplines, and and uh, I'm given to be that kind of a person to be disciplined. As, there's nothing spiritual about it. It's just the way God has wired me. And even given that I've been wired with that, um, I find that no matter how hard I try, prayer wanes. The passion wanes, the desire wanes, and I have to re-motivate myself and recommit over and over again through the years. And, and I'm speaking of um, more than 40 years of, of this. And, uh, and so that's why I'm so passionate about bringing it to you, because I know if I struggle with that, I want you to know I'm the most blessed here, as any pastor would say, when he teaches regular. Because before I come here, Every day, the burden is, I'm going to give a double account to God for what I say. To, I live what I'm telling you. If you don't think that doesn't make me shake and scare the living daylights out of me, then you're wrong. It does. But let me say this. It should. It should. Because he who handles the word of God does give it a double account because 
people listen to his words. So my words need to be clear. My words need to be not what I say, but what God's already said. And it needs to be explained. But it also needs to be lived. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Now, the fact of the matter is, to some degree, because I'm not perfect, I'm always a hypocrite to some degree, but I try to be honest and transparent with you. I'm like you. I'm in process. But just because we go through this and because I'm passionate with it, I don't want you to look and think, boy, that man, he prays seven hours a day and he hasn't missed in 40 years. No, I've missed plenty of times. And sometimes my attitude isn't what it should be, even about the topic. I'm not going to ask you, but my feeling is, is because sin's common to all men, probably most of you have been there at least one time. And, and so the, the, the object here is to encourage us to wherever we are, let's, let's re-engage and, and, and let's, let's grab it again. So I ask the question, how important is prayer to you? And I, and I read these quotes because it's good to read a different air, a different culture from a different time and see how they viewed prayer. Um, it's helpful for us. Even like what George was saying, when you have somebody that's living in a different culture in a different time, a different place. Um, those people that live in Russia, Judy and I have spent 10 days in Russia. And it was a very godless and um, at times terrifying experience for both of us. And, um, but in those places of dark, there are believers who are shining a light in the darkness. And to them, prayer is an absolute lifeline. As I've said before, we live in a bit of a Christian bubble here. Not a bit. We live in a big Christian bubble, and that bubble's getting smaller. And, and um, as it does, prayer will naturally become more important to us. But notice I use the words to us. Prayer has always been important. It's always been God's tool. And, uh, and, and we see that. So look at these quotes. Just let me read them to you. The Claritin call of the Reformation was the just shall live by faith. Faith is, in Martin Luther's judgment, prayer and nothing but prayer. He who does not pray or call upon God in his hour of need assuredly does not think of him as God, nor does he give him the honor that is due his name. Luther further said, we know that our defense lies in prayer alone. We are too weak to resist the devil and his vassals. Let us hold fast to the weapons of the Christian. Our enemy may mock us, but we shall oppose both men and the devil if we maintain ourselves in prayer and if we persist in it. For we know that when a Christian prays in this way, Dear Father, your will be done. God replies to him, dear child, yes, it shall be done in spite of the devil and the whole world. No man is greater than his prayer life. Poverty stricken as the church is today in many things, she is most stricken here in the place of prayer. We have many organizations, but few agonizers. We have many players, but few prayers. The ministry of preaching is open to a few. The ministry of prayer, the mightiest ministry of all human offices, is open to all. You can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you cannot do more than pray 
until you have prayed. Prayer is a shield to the soul, a sacrifice to God, a scourge to Satan or for Satan. However great the darkness, we may, with faith, with thanksgiving, and with expectation, knowing that our unworthiness is no obstruction to the divine and almighty Savior. Prayer that is born of meditation upon the word of God, the soars upwards most easily to God's listening ears. Prayer is the slender nerve that moves the muscle of the omnipotent. omnipotent. God likes to see his people shut up to this, that there is no way, no hope but in prayer. Here lies the church's power against the world. The greatest answer to prayer is more prayer. I started years ago in a little notebook. That would surprise everybody, right? I got so many journals, my office is always just cluttered uh, with journals. You're going to have a mess on your hands one day, girl. <laughs> but uh, years ago, I, I just um, was given a very nice black leather journal. And I decided to use that journal almost exclusively for anything and everything that I ever heard about prayer that motivated me. So that if I was ever lacking in prayer, and, and, and you know, I'm always lacking in prayer. It's funny, it's the one topic spiritually I've never had anybody walk up to me and say, look, I got my prayer act together, could you help me here? I mean, it's just, I had never had anybody say that. But, um, so, but there are times when I sense in myself I need more motivation. I have a book that I go to that I've been writing in for years, and I hear another prayer quote that motivates me, I write it in that journal, I write it in that journal. I, I hear a message on it, and I'll write the outline in that journal. Um, and so in that journal is a lot of encouragement for my own soul. So that's where I got um, a lot of these quotes from. It might be um, a worthy project for you to consider. So as always, Jesus, the living word, is our example in our, in our pattern. And I have there in your handout um, these two verses. Um, and even though I have in your handout, if you don't mind, would you look to Mark chapter 1? If I were to start and to read in verse 29 for you uh, and, and down to verse 35, which is in your, your handout, you, you would see that Christ had an exhausting and amazing uh, busy day. Um, he left the synagogue and um, went to Simon's house. Um, Peter healed the mother-in-law there so that she could... Um, minister to them, and, um, and, and then he's, he's healing those that were demon-possessed, and he healed many who were ill with various diseases. He casted out many demons, and um, he worked hard all day. People worked all day. People flocked to him. These people were not 
necessarily converted even by his miracles, but it was part of the prophecy. He would heal the sick. He would, he would cause the, the leper to be healed. He would cause the blind to see. He was proven with his every single act and deed that this was the Messiah of God that has been protected for hundreds of years and the prophets had spoken about. And he's going through doing good works, proving who he is. People work is hard work. It's exhausting work physically. It's exhausting work spiritually. He had literally the gates of hell going against him. He had the demons who even we see in the Gospels knew who he was. Um, doing everything he could to disrupt his work. This is what Christ was facing and that's the context of verse 35 which is why I wanted you to just see that context. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place, and there was praying, and was there praying. So, um, you can just see the priority of prayer. Uh, you, You can see what an enormous priority, and it was an enormous priority because in his humanity, he knew he couldn't do the will of God even though he was God, until he had prayed and got strength from God. Now, that's mind-boggling for us. But if Jesus, the God-man, would make prayer that kind of a priority, shouldn't we? I mean, I, I think the answer there is, is obvious. Uh, you, you see what we talked about in our time alone with God. Hey, uh, you, in order, you can pray all through the day. You should pray all through the day. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. But there is a time. There is a time when you need to get alone with God because it's a relationship with God. It, it, it's a time with just him. And so, uh, you know, he, he, he doesn't have an office. He doesn't have a recliner. He doesn't have a cup. I don't have all the stuff that I have or that you would have available to you. Uh, he, he, he does, the foxes have holes, no, have dens, and the birds have whatever. You know the verse, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. If somebody doesn't give him a place, doesn't let him sleep in their house, he doesn't have any place to sleep, let alone say, can I have a little private place here for myself? So, I mean, that wasn't available to him. So he, he has to go find privacy. And, and so he goes to the wilderness. He goes to a place. But wherever this is that he goes whether he's in the Galilean region or where he's in the Jerusalem region, the men that know him both knows where he's going to go to pray. Because you see in the very next verse, Peter and the crew show up and sort of interrupt God the Son having a conversation with God the Father. Can you imagine that? Um, but, but, but that's what he's doing. He was going to that secluded place. It was that, it was that important to him, and, and I think it probably should be to us. It was secluded, and in that place there he prayed. There he talked to the Heavenly Father. And we could just march through uh, the Gospels and, and see over and over again the, the priority that he had in prayer. In Luke 11.1, one, you're familiar with that. It's in your handout. It says, it happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, so in this particular place he was praying and it was in a place where the disciples could hear him or they could see that he was praying and they had watched him so closely they marveled at his consistency of prayer 
They must have marveled at the way he prayed. I'm sure they marveled at the way God answered his prayers. It was, it was a marvel to him. And so of all the things that they could have asked, it's right there, it's clear. They said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. Oh, that the people we influence, the people that are closest to us, would desire to mimic, to imitate us. Because when they think of us, somehow, some way, they think of prayer. They've heard us pray. They've seen us pray. They, 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 they understand the commitment that we have to pray. Oh, that fathers would have such a commitment to pray that their sons and their daughters and their wives, for that matter, would think, he prays. I want to listen to how he prays. I want to learn how he prays. That, that children would think of that of their mother or their grandparents. I, I, I mean, this is what it should be. This is, this is how the church should be born. The elders, the older men and the older women in, in, in the church, so known for praying and for their prayers that other people want to learn from them. Uh, this, this is the sense of all of that. And then Jesus gives the model prayer. So there certainly should be a, a sense of desire uh, in, our, in our heart. And it, at some point, we'll likely go through that model prayer. But that's what it is. It's a model prayer. And, uh, and uh, I'm sure you're all familiar with it. But I use it often, um, particularly in my prayer walks. Again, we'll talk more about that later. But when I'm not going to have a list in front of me or when I don't have a specific thing. Somebody says to me, I, I, I need this, so you pray immediately. But when you're, you're going to take some time, but your time's not going to be at your desk or it's not going to be at your particular place, and when I exercise or when I walk or when, when I do anything like that, I'm often doing that and I'm coupling that with prayer. And so when I do that and I'm in that situation, if you're driving for an extended time, the model prayer is the perfect place to hang your prayer list and to work your way through piece by piece. I am confident that everybody in here has the Lord's Prayer memorized. It should be called the Disciples' Prayer. So there's no work in, in memorizing. It's the, it's the taking it section by section and, and be able to, in your mind, hang the hooks. Okay? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then... So, so what does that mean and how does that lead me to pray? So at some point in your life you work on that until you, and then you go to the next section and the next section and the next section and you can just work through prayer and, and use that as a guide. That was the intent when Jesus gave that. So we're to be a praying people and I want you to see that um, Jesus' life, Jesus expects us to pray if you look at the Sermon on the Mount, over and over again, Jesus uses these words, when you pray, when you pray, when you pray. Uh, the assumption is, if you've been born again by the Spirit of the living God, and the Spirit of Christ dwells in you, you pray. You cannot not pray. You may not pray like you should pray. You may have to learn how to pray. You may have to renew your mind and start over again, which is part of why we're doing this series, but you pray. 
And if you are prayerless, you should be asking yourself, am I Christless? Because those two are connected directly together by the spirit of Christ himself that dwells believers. Does that make sense? So I'm being kind to you. That's the most loving thing I can tell you. If you're prayerless, there is something very wrong. And if I were you, I'd want to find out what that is. Because it may be the most important thing you would ever find and discover in your entire life. So we certainly see that Christ expects us to prayer. We see his example. You can look at these verses at home. I'm not going to look at them now because there simply isn't the time, but here's an overview that I've given you of Christ's prayer life. You'll see that he starts at the beginning of his ministry. As soon as he's baptized, it says the Spirit went with him up into a mountain. And there he fasted and prayed. Or there he, he, he fasted and, and got alone with his Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. Just like, like Moses did on Mount Sinai. Now Christ is, Christ is doing the same thing. And then, after having 40 days of fasting and prayer and communing with his Heavenly Father... Now he has the great battle against the evil one that he won and we all lost. And in winning, he won for us. Why is Bible intake so important and prayer? Because in every single battle with Satan that Christ fought, he said, empowered by the Spirit, it is written. The words of the living God were in him. Yes, he, he is the word, the living word of God. But he was also fully man. And so he had to do the spiritual discipline of putting the word in him like you and I do. So the spirit then could empower it and he could literally battle Satan on his own territory. That's how he began his ministry at the midpoint of his ministries, calling people to prayer. At the end of his ministry, he's praying with his disciples. In his agony in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's praying. I don't have it down here. We could, we could look at John 17, his high priestly prayer, just literally hours before he's going to go to the cross where he's praying for you and me. He prays from the cross, and now he's in heaven as our advocate, the right hand of the Father, praying, praying for you and me. A life of prayer. And surely, we're followers. That's what Christians are. The followers, the followers of Christ. Paul said boldly, at least twice, I can think of it, may have been a third time in his epistles where he said follow me as I follow Christ never follow a man or a woman just to follow them but find somebody who's following Christ and follow them as they follow Christ and that certainly should be true in prayer and so we are called to be devoted in prayer and um, we'll pick up there next week but it's the idea of being devoted. And it's used five times in the New Testament relative to prayer. And, and each time it's that idea of a total commitment.
I leave you with this as you go. You are called by the scriptures to be totally devoted to prayer. You should be as devoted and I should be as devoted to prayer as we are anything else that you can think of. Now that takes discipline. And, and probably to some extent, every person here needs to recommit on a real regular basis to that idea. But it's, it, there's a devotion to it. Where there's a devotion, there has to be sacrifice. Where there's a devotion, there has to be a saying yes to something because if I don't say, if I don't say yes to prayer, then, then I got that backwards. You're going to have to say no to some things so that you can say yes to prayer. I mean, I mean you're going to have to. And so, uh, such a need there. So, everybody's staring at me. They want to come in. I want to preach for another 20 minutes, but I guess I can't. So, uh, anyhow, we'll pick this up at point number two, devoted to prayer, and then we'll work through the uh, uh, applications next week. God bless you. You are dismissed.